Oh, come on, somebody give God praise here on this Wednesday night. Come on. There's some folks that have got a lot of reports through the last week, month, and year. But I wonder if there's anybody that can say what God says is true and everybody else can be a liar. I give God praise. Hallelujah. If God said I'm free, I'm free indeed. If God said I'm healed, I'm healed. Amen. If God said I'm liberated, I'm liberated. Somebody give him praise here tonight. God, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord uh, here tonight. Amen. And to be with everyone in the presence of the Lord. How many is glad to be in church? Amen. There's some that might be a little more excited to be in church than others. Amen. I know there's some that haven't been able to be in church. It's good to have, amen, Sister Sorling, Sister Sharon, and Sister Tiffany back in the house of the Lord with us here tonight. Amen. Glad they're feeling well and, and back in good shape. Hallelujah. Amen. God, we're, we're going to pray uh, real quick. We've got to pray for Sister Candace. Just received a message. Uh, she's back in the hospital uh, for another in, another transfusion. And uh, we need to pray for her. As many know, she's got a lot of health complications. And uh, we just know that God has kept her this far. There's many doctors that say she shouldn't even be walking. Uh, but she's wrangling four boys, uh, let alone walking. So God's already been doing a great work, but we need God to continue to help her and to heal her and to work in her life. So let's pray for Sister Candace right now. Church, would you lift up your hands? Oh, God, we, pr we come before you tonight, God. We're praying for Sister Candace. God, in the middle of all of this, you've got a purpose and you've got a plan, God. And we are praying that you would touch Sister Candace, God, that as they're doing this transfusion, Lord, that you would, amen, bring about healing to her body, God. We're praying for her. We're praying for those boys, God, as well as Sister Lupe, God, that you continue to bring healing, God. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. God, continue to do a work in their lives life, God. Amen. Continue to perform a miracle, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is a memorial prayer we've been praying as a church. Amen. And we're going to shout in advance for the miracle that you're going to do. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe the prayers of God's people affect and effect. Amen. Much, God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Ezra, chapter 4, and beginning in verse number 4. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord here tonight. It's especially good to see the Gideon family as well as the Miranda family on a Wednesday night. Amen. Praise God. You know, it's funny. They both came up to me on the same Sunday said, we just feel like God's been speaking to us to come on Wednesday nights. And uh, they didn't even know that God had been speaking to both of their families, and I'm glad to see them. So we'll see a lot more of them on Wednesday nights in Jesus' name. God's up to something, folks. You believe that? God's up to something. And uh, God does all things well. And we're believing that God's going to do great things here tonight. I want to do and I want to preach what I feel in my heart here tonight. Um, just really been praying and, and, and seeking God uh, this last week or so and really felt strongly uh, to, to preach, hopefully to encourage somebody here tonight and to bless you with the word of the Lord. Amen. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do believe that God has something for us here tonight. Ezra chapter 4 and beginning in verse number 4. 
Ezra chapter 4 and verse number 4. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. The people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building and hired counselors against them. Whose report will you believe here tonight? And they were hired for this purpose, to frustrate their purpose. And I felt a theme all the way through this revival and something, an undercurrent in the spirit. And I want to do my best to help somebody here tonight. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Frustrated on purpose. Frustrated on purpose. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah. I just came to minister to somebody here tonight. Hallelujah. I just came to continue in the current that we have felt over the last month, God. Hallelujah. And God, I pray that you would help us to continue to flow, amen, in the Holy Ghost, God. I pray that you would touch us here tonight. There are people that have had counselors hired against them, hallelujah, to frustrate the purpose that you placed upon them, God. And we are praying right now for each and every individual. Come on, church, let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord, anoint me as I preach this word, God, and give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour, God. I pray that you'd bring liberation to the captives in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Turn to your neighbor before you see it and tell him you are frustrated on purpose. Amen. Smile at your neighbor next to you and tell him you are frustrated on purpose. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Now, I promise here tonight, it's going to be an encouraging word, uh, and I'm going to do my best to, to preach, amen, what God has given to me, and hopefully to bless you, uh, but, but it's, it's probably brought about several uh, feelings the moment I talked about and just titled, It Frustrated on Purpose. Some feelings of anxiety immediately uh, just rose up in somebody's heart, but I'm going to hopefully bless somebody here tonight. The Bible lets us know in the book of Ezra as well as we find it in the book of Nehemiah that, that they were to come back to Israel to rebuild the temple. I won't be able to take the time here tonight to talk about Nehemiah's recollection and how it happened, him being only a cupbearer, but he was a cupbearer, the Bible says, that had a burden. And uh, I just want to let somebody know here tonight that you, it doesn't matter what your station is in life. If you have a burden, you can do something for God. And everybody said amen. You, if you've got a burden, you just can't stop somebody with a burden. 
You can't hinder somebody with a burden. If somebody's got a burden to pray for you, uh, it doesn't matter what you do to them, they're going to keep on praying for you. Amen. If somebody's got a burden to reach somebody in their neighborhood or in their family, amen, you're not going to be able to slow them down or stop them because they've got a burden. Has anybody ever felt, amen, a burden that only God can lay upon you? Amen. He said, take my yoke upon you and my burden because when we exchange our burden for his burden, he said it's a lot lighter. Amen. There's something about people that have a burden. They will go and do things that other people won't do. Amen. They will go to the extent that other people are not willing to go. When you've got a burden, amen, there's nobody that can stop you, nobody that can slow you down when you've got a burden. Amen. There's something about people with a burden. Amen. The Bible says that they came back to Jerusalem. Amen. They came back with a burden. But the Bible Bible declares that this was an open invitation to whosoever would come, amen, and have this burden to build the kingdom of God again. But, amen, the Bible says that there were only four groups that responded to the call to rebuild the kingdom of God. The Bible lets us know that Judah responded to the call. Can I just tell somebody here today, when we talk about building the kingdom, when we talk about rebuilding the kingdom, there's got to be some part of you uh, named Judah that rises up and says, uh, amen, I've got a burden. That burden uh, of Judah has got to be a burden of praise. Amen. Judah's name means praise. And Judah, amen, his praise had a burden to see the kingdom of God restored. Amen. I want to tell you that when you come to be a king builder you got to bring your praise with you somebody said amen you can't be a burdensome kingdom builder and sit there like a bump on a pickle, but you got to bring your praise with you because it's praising people, amen, that build the kingdom. It's worshiping people that build the kingdom of God. Somebody shout and say hallelujah. The next group that responded to the burden and said, yes, amen, I will go and I will help build the kingdom, amen, was the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin means son of my right hand. It means power. Amen. And there was some strength that came along with it. And Benjamin responded, amen, I want to tell you, if we're going to build the kingdom, amen, the way that God wants us to build the kingdom, we've got to bring our praise. We've got to bring Judah. But we've also got to bring our strength with us. We've also got to bring our power with us. Amen. We can't try to build the kingdom and be half-hearted about it, but we've got to build the kingdom with full strength. I came to preach on a Wednesday night. It takes people that come in full force and in full power that truly affect the kingdom of God. It's people that come not with a half a or half a heart, but they come and they love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength. Can I preach ARC? The next level for us, amen, is where we go full force and we go full heart and we say, God, I'm going all in uh, with all my might, uh, with all my strength, uh, with all my power, uh, with all my praise. Uh, somebody give God a forceful praise. 
Praise God. Amen. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and it is the violent. It is the forceful. It is the power. Amen. The powerful. Those that have not allowed themselves to diminish in strength, but they said, when I've come to build the kingdom of God, church, it's not an apathetic church that builds an apostolic church. It's not a half-hearted church that builds a revival church. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it's people that we've got here tonight that are full of praise and full of power that are ready to hit the pedal to the metal and go full force and build the kingdom. Somebody shout and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says that the next one that was brought was Levi and the priest. Levi's name means harmony. It means unity. Amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that they were all in one place in one accord. Amen. We can't have a, a revival kingdom-building culture without people that are unified. And I like the way that the evangelist put it. There's a difference between, amen, unity and a spirit of unity. There is, amen, a synchronicity. There is a cohesion that happens, uh, amen, in the revival church. Uh, amen. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's this powerful, amen, connection between people where we all get an alignment uh, underneath our King Jesus uh, and we make it up in our minds. Uh, that whatever it takes, uh, revival at any cost. Uh, whatever it takes, I've got a burden to see people saved uh, at any cost. Uh, I might have to humble myself at times, uh, but I'll do it for the sake of unity. Can I preach to somebody? I might have got offended, but I'm going to let the offense go uh, for the sake of unity. Uh, it might have been somebody in the church, or maybe it was somebody in your own household, uh, but you're going to have to set it aside. Uh, you're going to have to bring Levi. Can I preach to the church? Uh, we're called to build the kingdom of God. But we can't do it uh, disconnected and full of discord. Uh, I don't feel that in the house of God here tonight, but I'm just preaching it because it's true. Amen. I feel unity in the house of God, and I've just come to let you know that we've got a recipe uh, for revival. We've got a recipe for restoration. We've got a recipe to see God moving. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, it was a unified church uh, that the Holy Ghost poured out on. Uh, it, was, it was a one-accord church uh, that the Holy Ghost moved on, uh, that changed and turned the world upside down. Uh, what could happen in this house tonight uh, if we would set aside whatever we got to set aside to have unity uh, of spirit? Somebody pray in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. The next thing, there was some that were not able to go, amen, of their own. There were other tribes that were not able to leave and, and stop what they were doing. And so the Bible says that they took and they gave what they could. Can I preach to somebody uh, what we've been doing over the last three years, uh, amen, as we've been implementing, uh, amen, each and every one of these things. And I'm not saying they weren't there. I'm talking about we've been strengthening those things because, amen, that's what it takes to have, amen, a kingdom-building culture. But there had to be another group. There had to be other people that maybe they didn't have the gifts, talents, or abilities. But they said, I will fund the mission and I will fund 
into the work. Amen. That's why you see that vision giving board in the back because there's people. Amen. I can, t- can I preach to somebody? It also takes kingdom giving to help the kingdom go forward. And I praise God. Amen. For faithful people of God that have continued to hold up the vision and have continued to push forward. Amen. Push against the darkness of this age. Amen. These were the people that got under a burden. It was those that had their praise with them. It was those that brought full force and full strength. It was those that worked, amen, in unity and synchronicity. It was those that that put forth, amen, of their own money to make sure that the kingdom was going forward. Amen. Can I preach to the church? We are called to be kingdom builders. We are called with a purpose to build the church and to build revival in this region. Can I preach to ARC? God has anointed us to build the kingdom. God has gifted us to build the kingdom. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Amen. The Bible even says, amen, that they came with all of these elements. Amen. You can't have a revival church without those elements. Amen. We've got to have them all. And I believe that God has been building us up. And I believe we have those elements. Amen. I didn't come to preach because we don't have them. I came to preach to remind you we've got to keep those things and those elements at the forefront of our mind. And the Bible says they came with all the elements. They had everything they needed to fulfill the purpose that God had laid upon them, to fulfill the burden that was upon them. The Bible even says that when they showed up, the Bible says they strengthened their hands for the work for the men that were there at prayer meeting you understand about the hands it's not just talking about the hands as brother claiborne talked about it talks about the entirety of the people amen it was just a representation of the whole and they strengthened they got strong because they knew without a doubt we've got a purpose from heaven they prepared themselves for this purpose they got prepared amen in every way that they could they brought with them judah they got prepared. They brought with them Benjamin. They got prepared. They brought with them Levi. They got prepared. They brought with them silver, gold, and all the workmanship that they would need for the rebuilding of the tabernacle. They got themselves prepared. And then they got into a mental state. The Bible says in Nehemiah that the people had a mind to work. Church, we've got to get our mind focused on kingdom building, on kingdom work. I don't want to get distracted by what the world's doing, what the politicians are doing, what the news media says, what Hollywood's doing. I want to have a mind on the kingdom. I want to have my mind in the kingdom. Does anybody feel that tonight? I want to have my mind focused on building the kingdom. Are there any kingdom builders in the church tonight? You came on a Wednesday night not just to sit on a chair, but you came to build. You came to work. Is there anybody that feels that tonight hallelujah hallelujah they came and prepared themselves you could see it it was like jesus his 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 face was 
was like a flint towards Jerusalem, towards his purpose. And, amen, they were, they were focused, amen. They were not distracted, amen. And visions and dreams are powerful things. As Brother Claiborne preached to us last Wednesday night, amen, these visions and dreams that God gives us, they're unique, they're individual. Some are part of a corporate body and others are individual, but they all fulfill the purpose in building the kingdom of God. If it's a true vision or dream, it's not going to be self-serving. It's going to be kingdom building. Can I say that again? If it's a true vision or dream from heaven, it's not going to be self-serving. It's going to be kingdom building. It's not about you or about me. It's all about him. It's all about a lost and dying world. Amen, King, these dreams and these visions, amen, they're powerful, but in and of themselves, they will not accomplish anything. The vision and the dream is nothing more than a road map. But if you don't get in your car and start driving, hallelujah, you'll never reach the destination. Anybody ever just open up their maps on their phone and just, man, I would love to go over here to Madagascar. That looks real nice. I can look at it and I could dream about it. I could even look and watch documentary or go on there and see images of gazelles running. Amen. But until I book the ticket, until I start making preparations, I'll never reach the destination. Church, can I just preach to us that God has granted visions and dreams like Brother Claiborne preached about last week. But if we are going to see them come to pass. Amen. We've got to have some preparation. It's going to take intention. And yes, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but it's going to be worth it. If God gave you a vision and a dream, it's going to be difficult, but work for it. It's going to be hard, but you got to work for it. It's going to take intention. Nobody gets there by accident. It takes purpose. It takes a plan. It takes intention and preparation. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, can I preach to somebody? If you're going to start a business, it doesn't start by accident. It starts with intention. If you're going to get married, you don't get married on accident. It takes intention, and it takes purpose. If you're going to have a ministry, it doesn't happen by accident. You intended on it. You pressed into it. You prayed for it. If you're going to have a family, it doesn't happen by accident. You prayed about it. You worked for it. You'd press towards it and you went into it with force. And church, if we're going to see the building grow and the people grow, it doesn't happen by accident or by happenstance. It takes a church that's got their mind made up. It takes a church with intent, with focus, with purpose. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. I'm fighting for my purpose. I'm contending for my purpose. I'm working for my purpose. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. They showed up, and they had done some work. They strengthened their hands. Hallelujah. 
Nobody just ends up somewhere by accident. You got to make sure you go there by purpose, by intent. You got to you got to plan. You got to prepare. Amen. Hallelujah. It's got to be something that you set your focus on, you set your heart on. And if God gives you a vision and a dream, somewhere along the lines, you got to wake up from the dream and you got to make that dream a reality. If God is, I'm not talking about worldly purpose and, and just a fleshly purpose. I'm talking about God has put something in your heart. Amen. A creative purpose that builds the kingdom. Amen. As the preacher preached last week, I just came to bring a little more to us here tonight. And God put it in your heart somewhere along the lines. You got to stop daydreaming about it and start making it a reality. Every so often, you got to just put your work boots on and you got to get to work on it. Every so often, you got to get your dream board out and start writing down actionable steps to make it a reality. I don't want to dream all day or be a daydreamer on my life, but I want to see what God has told me. I want to see it fulfilled. Amen. And God, I'll do everything in my power to make it happen. With the help of God and the hand of God, there's nothing that can stop the church. There's nothing that can stop kingdom builders that have minded themselves to work. Somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Man, when they got on position, I want you to notice. They brought all the right things with them. They had the right mindset. When they got on position, they were strong. They had clear focus and clear vision. Has anybody ever had moments of clarity? Where you know God has spoken to you. It might have been during this revival. It might even be what I'm preaching right now. Amen. Where you have a moment of focus, a moment of clarity, a moment of 2020 vision, where you see where God's trying to take you. But as it says in the book of James, there's a danger because you can walk in front of the mirror and have 2020 perfect vision. But by the time you turn around, you have amnesia and you forget what manner of man or woman you were. In other words, you forget the ideal in which God has declared for you. The purpose that God has for you. God can speak it and there are moments of clarity but you got to take those moments of clarity. Amen. Because clarity doesn't happen at all times. There's moments where it gets blurry. There's moments where it gets muddied. There's moments where you don't know what's happening and what's going on around you. There's moments where you lose your bearing and you don't know what up and down is. Left and right is east and west. But you got to go back to those moments where you had clarity of vision and clarity of mind and focus. Amen. I know what God told me when I had focus and so right now got to a position they were strong they had focus this is how purpose starts God gives us clarity because the Bible says God is not the author of confusion amen if God is speaking to you he's not going to do it in a confusing way and no people say God works in mysterious ways no he doesn't he follows his word I'll say that again the Lord works in mysterious ways. No, he doesn't. He follows his word. In fact, he put his word above his name. Hallelujah. There's something about the word of God. He's logos, which is logical. Amen. God doesn't give you confusing steps. God gives you step. He may not give you every step at the moment. Amen. He may not tell you every step because it will overwhelm you and I. But God gives us vision and he gives us clarity. He brings clarity out of fogginess. And Amen. We may not know everything right now. 
but I want to tell you, you know everything you need to know right now. You may not know the end result or how to get exactly where you're going, but God will make sure you have clear vision at the moment you need it. And God will bring a preacher by and give you a word in the moment you need it. You'll open up the scriptures and God will speak to you in the moment you need him to speak to you. You'll have a prayer meeting and encourage yourself in the Lord in the moment you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. And God will give you the next step. And God will give you the next step. Somebody ought to preach with me on this Wednesday night. Amen. I just came to preach. You might be frustrated, but it's on purpose. There's something coming out of this. You know what? Let me just talk for a moment. There's some people, because they don't know all the moves, don't make a move. Hallelujah. Because they don't know all the moves, they don't make a move. And then there's others that know all the moves and they're overwhelmed. It's a trap no matter where you put it. Amen. But I want to tell you, amen, you know the next move you need to make is the one right in front of you. It's cliche, but the journey of a thousand steps begins or with a single step. A thousand miles begins with a single step. Uh, somebody once asked the question, how do you eat an elephant? Uh, you do it one bite at a time. Amen. There's, there's just some things you can't figure it out. And I want to tell you there's many times where if we really saw every step along the way, it would overwhelm us. Uh, and so God gives us just enough. Uh, amen. So that we can make the right decision in the moment. Uh, amen. So we can make the right turn uh, or the left turn uh, at the time we need to make it. Amen. These people, they came, they had strong clarity, strong vision. I love those moments. Anybody else love those moments? I love those moments. Man, I love when I'm on my knees praying and I feel like God has just spoken a direct word to me. And I'm just, I'm just on cloud nine. I feel like Paul, whether in the flesh or in the spirit, I know not. I'm on the third heaven. Hallelujah. I just feel like God just giving me every answer to every problem. But I want to tell you what comes after clarity. Confusion. And I didn't say, I already told you, God's not the author of confusion. Fogginess comes after clarity. Amen. And I, I want to just tell you that there's, there's moments when you show up with strength and you show up strong, you show up ready. Uh, amen. But the Bible declares to us that the people of the land uh, saw them enacting the steps that God had put before them. Uh, he saw them fulfilling their purpose. Uh, he saw them building the kingdom. Uh, amen. And they realized what it meant. See, the enemy might know more, uh, amen, than we do at times because we just see uh, the step we're taking uh, as a simple step. It's not that big deal. But he's looking, as the preacher preached last week, at the big picture. Amen. And, 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 and he realizes what it means. They even had a history written down of what happens when kingdom builders start fulfilling their purpose. We see this in the letter they wrote to the king. Amen. In Ezra chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Amen. I'm going to just say just the portion that they quoted of the letter. They said to the king, if this city is rebuilt and the walls are finished. They will not pay tribute. They will not pay custom. They will not pay toll. They will not pay royal revenue. It will impair the kingdom of this world. If this city is rebuilt and the walls are finished, you, O king of this present evil world, you will have no possession in the providence across the river. Can I preach to you the adversary resists us at our very purpose because he 
might have a revelation that we don't have. That that purpose means freedom. That that purpose means liberty. That that purpose means a nation rising up. That that purpose means a bus kid becomes a preacher. That that purpose means a missionary is coming out of ARC. That purpose that means there's going to be a business owner that used to be broke and on food stamps come out of the church. If you ever fulfill your purpose, hell's losing money. If you ever fulfill your purpose, hell's losing souls. If you ever fulfill your purpose, hell loses and the devil knows it. Somebody ought to clap your hands and shout here tonight. Come on, don't be confused why you're being frustrated. The devil knows exactly what he's doing. He wants to stop you while you're in your infancy. He wants to kill you while you're still dreaming, while you're still seeing clarity. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, I just came to preach to a church that has fought hell, that's got a vision, that's got a purpose, that's got a plan. Hell's fighting you at your purpose. They devised a plan to stop the kingdom builders. You see, don't get frustrated when you're struggling and other people aren't. Hallelujah. Man, if I just had their life, everything would be easier. Well, a few reasons you might be struggling. Number one, you're not doing right. And it's as simple as getting it right with God, and you'll stop struggling. Amen. Come to the altar. Pray through. I didn't come to preach about that side of this. But there's other people that are struggling, but it's intentional. Hallelujah. And you get frustrated because you're struggling and other people aren't. But you're, you're fighting and contending for your purpose, and they've taken the easy road. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't remember which president said it, but he said only the critic, amen, the one that's sitting in the stands will criticize the one on the field, amen. There's, you might be getting tackled and beat up, but you're on the field, honey. You know, it's something about it. You can be envious of the spectators in life. You can be envious of the people that ain't doing nothing, amen, and get frustrated over the fact that you're struggling and they're not, or you can realize I'm a player in the kingdom. I'm Come on, you can realize I'm somebody special in God's army. I, I've got a purpose in my life, and I refuse to live below average, and I refuse to live at average. I'm striving for excellence. I'm striving for greatness. ARC, if we fight hell, I want to tell you why. Don't get frustrated. It's because we're fighting for purpose. It's because we won't settle for less than the very best that God has. Does anybody feel that tonight? Church. If you're fighting hell, just keep your chin up because we're doing what's right. 
Come on, somebody ought to preach on this Wednesday night. Amen. If you're fighting hell, it's on purpose. If you're frustrated, it's on purpose. Amen. The adversary fights what he fears. The devil fights what he fears. If you ain't a thing to fear, he'll leave you alone. But if you're somebody that's on purpose, if you're somebody that's in position, oh, come on, somebody, if you got yourself on location. The devil will fight you tooth and nail. He'll scratch. He'll bite. He'll fight dirty. But I want to encourage you. It's intentional. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. I'm just about done preaching. Somebody needs a prayer tonight. Come on. Let me preach to somebody. Lift up your hands. Let's pray frustrated and you want to quit, I want to tell you you have every reason to keep going. You have every reason because the devil just let you in on a secret. You're doing the right thing. The devil just let you in on a secret. He's scared of the purpose. They devised a plan to stop the kingdom builders. They found a way to weaken the hands that were once strong. Amen. By weakening the hands, they weakened the whole. They employed an ancient tactic. Frustrate them. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, frustrate you. Frustration. Come on. Say it again. Frustration. Anybody feel that right now? Frustration. Anybody been frustrated this year? Come on, say frustration. Come on, anybody been frustrated at your job? Say frustration. Don't say it, but if you're frustrated in your life, just say frustration. You know, in your heart, just if you're frustrated where you are, just say frustration. There, there's something that the enemy understands, uh, amen, this frustration that if I can frustrate them, uh, what does frustration look like? Uh, I bring opposition at every turn, uh, and, and, and I bring in problems every time there should be, uh, amen, a rest or a moment where everything's well. Uh, every time there's a little bit of progress, uh, we've all heard it said, two steps forward and a couple steps back and, and it doesn't seem its progress is slow and, and the adversary will just uh, push the timeline out a little bit longer and he'll just keep on bringing in a little extra frustration uh, from other people and he'll bring in another frustration uh, from external circumstances and sometimes he'll bring uh, an, an internal frustration because uh, you really want to be there but you're stuck here and stuck in this position where you are in life and, and you want to move to the next season and the next stage and he's frustrated. I, I'm not preaching where I haven't lived church uh, but I came to preach somebody up out of that. Uh, I came to give somebody hope here tonight. In psychology, frustration is a common emotional response to opposition related to anger, annoyance and disappointment. Frustration arises from the perceived resistance to the fulfillment of an individual's will or goal. And it is likely to increase when a goal is denied or blocked. Anybody ever felt denied? Anybody ever felt blocked? Anybody ever felt like uh, you, you, you took a left turn and then there was some roadblocks in the way so you had to do a U-turn and you start going in this direction and you think it's going to work and hey, all of a sudden they tell you bridge is out and you have to take another detour. That's what frustration is like. Uh, amen. Frustration uh, is experience. Uh, whenever the results that you are expecting uh, do not fit the effort uh, and the action that you are applying, uh, frustration will occur. Uh, 
whenever your actions are producing less and fewer results than you think that they should. Hallelujah. Sometimes, uh, if I could give this some balance, uh, sometimes frustration uh, is because we think uh, that the amount of effort we are exerting uh, should be enough. Uh, and that's a misconception uh, because it might mean uh, you actually need to go an extra mile. You might have to go, amen, just a little further. And then you'll hit, uh, amen, the payload uh, of your life. And maybe then uh, you'll reach in. Sometimes frustration is because we're not doing what we need to do. But let me preach to the people that are frustrated at the level of their purpose. Amen. The ones that are exerting their energy, they're exerting their effort and they feel at moments when the amount of effort they're putting in is not equating the result, amen, that they desire. They get frustrated because they're not seeing everything that they're dreaming about. They haven't reached the level that they want to reach and they've not, amen, they've not got to where they know God is calling them to be. They're frustrated. Can I preach to somebody? Amen. We've all been frustrated. There's probably some frustrated people in the house of God tonight. Amen. And the devil's got a revelation. Amen. I can't outright stop people with purpose. The devil understands. He cannot stop you outright because the Bible declares if God be for us, who can stand against can I preach what that verse really means? That verse really means it is not telling us that there will not be opposition. It is not telling us that there will not be somebody or something to stand against us. But it just means that the opposition is not even worth consideration when we have God on our side. I wish somebody would shout on this Wednesday night, if God be for your purpose, the one that gave the purpose, no devil in hell can stop your purpose. If God be for your purpose, because he gave it to you, if God gave you the dream, if God gave you the promise, if God gave you the word, if God spoke it, amen, no devil can stop it. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise here tonight. When the devil realizes he cannot stop us, he cannot stop the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church is not a building, the church is a people. You ought to look at hell and say, you can't stop me. Because I'm the church. I'm the church. And you can't stop the church that Jesus is building. And when the devil realizes he can't stop us, he turns to one of his oldest tactics. He frustrates us. Problem after problem. Delay after delay. Disappointment after disappointment. Opposition after opposition. Struggle after struggle. Trial after trial. Tear after tear. Amen. I want to tell somebody, amen, the devil knows exactly what he's doing. It's intentional. Amen. His attempt to wear down your resolve in the purpose that God placed in your life is, in fact, on purpose. It is intentional, and every bit of it is to go after your purpose. Amen. Because, amen, he, he wants to cause the strong 
strong hands to become slack. He wants the praise to become lackadaisical. He wants those that were empowered, amen, to do what God's calling them to do, amen, to all of a sudden disengage and lose their power. He wants those that are once unified to be at odds one with another. He wants those that were invested in the kingdom to no longer be invested, amen, because he wants to frustrate you out of your purpose. He wants to frustrate you out of the plan that God has for you. Oh, let's pray all across the building. In fact, let's stand. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's stand across the building. Lift up your voice and let's pray. I don't know who I came to preach to tonight, but I came to preach to somebody. Amen. You're frustrated. You're frustrated. Amen. But don't quit when you're frustrated. Don't, don't throw in the towel when you're frustrated. Come on, let's pray for a few moments. Come on, let's pray for a few moments. Somebody needs to get a hold of Jesus. Amen. You've you got a purpose that comes from heaven. Amen. And I want to tell you, God is still for you, and nothing can stand against you. Amen. But the devil will do everything in his power to frustrate you, to confuse you, to blur your vision. Can I preach to somebody here tonight? There's something I felt last week even. Sometimes we get frustrated because we are result driven. Come on, somebody. Don't get quiet on me now. Any, any of you like me, result driven? Okay. <clears throat> See, because numbers don't lie. They, they don't have emotions. They're just black and white. They're plain. They make sense. You can quantify them. Man, I can, I can get up and be like, man, three people got the Holy Ghost. One, two, three. All right, awesome. Quantifiable. But what you can't quantify is somebody who's been in church a long time who was at 50% strength. Say, I'm going to give God all I got. Can't put that on a graph sheet. But if we're not careful... We can become result-driven. And when we are result-driven, we can get frustrated because the expected result has not happened or has not happened yet. When we look at result-driven selves and our result-driven selves, we look at at, an expected end. One plus one is... Man, I got some mathematicians up in here. But I really felt in prayer that God told me to tell this church, it's time, amen, for some of us, including myself, to shift gears out of result-driven mindset, amen, and start start shifting gears into process-driven. See, see, process, amen, result is looking for the two, that's result driven. But process is trying to fix my equation to get to two. Come on, somebody. And when I'm when I'm result driven, I have to get to two. Amen. Or, or let's say ten. But when I am process driven, I realize there's more equations than I can see right now to help get me to the result that I need. So if I can focus on the process, God told me to build the kingdom. God told me to come and rebuild the walls. And yes, the walls aren't built yet. And yeah, maybe this isn't there yet. And yeah, 
us. I can't quantify where we are yet. But Lord, instead of allowing the devil to use frustration to kill me and to let my strong hands become weak, I'm going to get stronger even still because I'm doing what God has called me to do. If we become process-driven, we have a confidence that we are doing exactly what God has called us to do in this season. I have to be and we have to be faithful in this season before God will ever bless the next season. Oh, come on, somebody. you got to be faithful being single before God will allow you to have a spouse to be faithful too. Come on. When you are results-driven, you just look for an answer. But when you are process-driven, amen, you become a process-driven Christian. Did I pray today? Did I seek the face of God? Did I read his word? Did I tell somebody about Jesus? I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I do know this is what he's called us to do. And if I can do that, amen, I have no doubt the result's going to come. That if I can be faithful in little things, he'll make me ruler over much. Frustration can be your casket or it can be your catalyst. Frustration can kill you or frustration can propel you. Frustration can get you to quit or frustration can get you to look at the equation all over again and try a different number. There's a saying, necessity is the mother of invention. Right? We've heard that, right? But I'd say to you, frustration is the father. When you don't have, when it's not working out, and you see that there's, that there's, that there's a need, there's a necessity, uh, it, it, there's, there's something there. But if it's not frustration that comes in, uh, see, frustration and confusion didn't come from God, but God sure knows how to turn it around for good, and God sure knows how to use it uh, for his purpose. And there's nothing like being prodded uh, and goaded uh, to move forward. Uh, there's nothing like being pushed out of the nest uh, that'll cause you to flap your wings. Uh, there's nothing like God coming by and booting you out out of your comfort zone. And all of a sudden, you start flapping and you start trying. And God takes that frustration and propels you into your purpose. And, when the, and you got to look at it this way. They were not result-driven in the end result. They were for a season. They started getting their hands that were strong, weak, and they started bringing them down. It's in your Bible. But the Bible says that after a season of feeling weak, they picked up their hammer again. They picked up their sword again. And they went back to the process. I'm going to build the kingdom. I'm going to build the kingdom. It might take me 200 years, 2,000 years. doesn't matter. I'm going to build the kingdom. And they went right back to doing it. And I got good news for you. It's historical, and it's in your Bible. You can read it when you get home. That after it was all said and done, we have scriptural evidence that even after they were frustrated, amen, trying to get them discouraged out of their purpose and to try to get them to quit, we have biblical proof, historical evidence that they still rebuilt the temple. 
in spite of all the detours, in spite of all the delays, in spite of all the false accusations and accusations, in spite of all the frustrations. Can I preach to somebody on this Wednesday night? They still fulfilled the purpose that God had for them. They did not use the frustration as an excuse. They used it as a catalyst. Somebody pray. I'm done preaching. Come on, I'm done preaching here tonight. I don't know who, who's, who I'm talking to tonight. Maybe I'm talking to everybody. Maybe I'm talking to nobody. Maybe I'm speaking into your future. But I've just come to preach to somebody here tonight. Amen. That this frustration's on purpose. And God's going to use it to, to still build the kingdom. Come on, somebody pray all across the building. Would you lift up your voice? Would you lift up your hands and pray? Come on, somebody needs to, I know you're frustrated. You ain't got there yet. I, I know you're frustrated because you don't have what you prayed for yet. I, I know the results aren't in yet. I, I know the test results, amen, that you want haven't come back yet. Amen, I know that the reports you've received, amen, the, the current results aren't exactly lining up. I know you've had to wait longer than you wanted to. I know there's been more delays and there's been more detours than maybe you signed up for and you're disappointed and you're frustrated, but you can use that frustration to tonight, amen, to shift gears and say, God, I'm going to just be faithful in the season you put me in until you make my way out of it. I'm going to be faithful, amen, because I promise you, God, I'm going to fulfill the purpose. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm not going to quit praying about it. I'm not going to stop working for it. I'm going to be frustrated, but it's going to be a catalyst to propel me into my promise from God. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on, somebody pray. Come on. Maybe you're in a process you don't like and you want to get up out of it and move to the next stage of life. Amen. But God has you there on purpose. Amen. Because if you don't stay in the cocoon, you'll never fly. If you don't have the things that are frustrating you and binding you up right now, you may never become what God is calling you to be. So endure the process. Amen. Keep fulfilling the process in your life. Come on, somebody pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God just sent this preacher in the house to tell somebody you're frustrated and it's on purpose. So don't blame life. Don't blame God. Amen. Don't, don't blame yourself. Amen. Just say, God, if I'm frustrated, amen, let it be a catalyst for change. Let it be a catalyst for transformation. Let it be a catalyst to ignite my fire for God like it never was. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, church. The results are still coming. The results are still coming. But focus on your process. Focus on where you are right now. Build with that hammer. Pray with your family. Keep building the kingdom in the way that you can right where you are. I know the wall across the way is not built up yet. But focus on the wall you're on. Focus on the gap you're in. And focus on the process. Come on, as they sing, I want you to pray. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. 
Somebody pray right now. He'll still come through. He'll still come through. Just do what he's calling you to do right now. Somebody, somebody let this be your prayer. I'm not turning back now. 
on, somebody press in the Holy Ghost. In the process I'm in right now, I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. If it's appropriate, lay hands on the person next to you. You may not know the process God has them in, but it's on purpose. They might be frustrated right now, but it's a catalyst for transformation. It's a catalyst into ministry. It's a catalyst into the next season. It's a catalyst into the next level. Pray for them.
Come on. The Holy Ghost isn't done. Come on. God's got you right where he wants you. God's got you right where he wants you. Come on, somebody pray in this house. He's in this building right now. Come on, I feel somebody is just, they're allowing this moment, this process they're in, God, to, to, to propel them into the future, to push them, amen, into the next season of their life. Hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house, church. I believe God is speaking to some folks right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's some folks that are allowing their frustration to be converted right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, that frustration is being converted right now to a passion. A passion for change, a passion to become, a passion, God, to fulfill my purpose, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a saying, frustration begets anger, and anger begets aggression. I know in this generation, they want to effeminize men, and they want to effeminize Christianity. But I just want to remind somebody, this is a, this is a very aggressive book. This is a very aggressive book. Hallelujah. I know they want to gloss over in some uh, denominational thinking. They want to gloss over the Bible. But it's a very aggressive book. You know, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, that was not weak. It's not hard to punch somebody back. Come on, somebody. But there's, some, there's something aggressive about somebody smacking you, and you just smile at them, letting them know it didn't phase me. Come on, somebody. It's an aggressive act. And when we go through these moments of frustration, you can't allow it to kill you. You could allow it to get you to quit. But there's no quit in the Holy Ghost. He, don't, he, do, he doesn't give up on anybody. Hallelujah. And if it's the Holy Ghost speaking to you, he's not going to let you give up. Come on, somebody. I'll prove it. Even after Jesus was dead, the Holy Ghost resurrected him. Ain't no quitting the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is a quickening spirit, which means even after you're dead, the Holy Ghost does the resurrecting. It, it says we can keep going. There's got to be a level of frustration that comes into life that is a catalyst that, that allows you. See, some people are just too passive. Allow everything to just, oh, no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. The kind of people that would let somebody come in and, you know, break in their front door. Oh, no, no big deal. Steal everything to go. Oh, no big deal. Beat up on their family. Oh, no big deal. Passivity's killing this generation. Somewhere along the lines, you got to get, you got to let frustration breed a little bit of aggression in you. I'm not talking about aggression. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm not talking about aggression against your spouse or your church or brothers and sisters. But there's got to be something. Amen. When the devil frustrates you in your purpose and at your purpose and on purpose. Uh, amen. That you just get so angry. And you say, devil, I, I'm not going to take one more moment. Is it just me or, or is there other people that feel like this? When I see a city out there that needs God and I see the devil frustrating, amen, every angle in which we try to work with some people and then all of a sudden there's drugs come in and this come in and you get somebody on the, on the line and the devil comes by and shouts something in their ear. Am I the only one that gets a little angry and gets a little frustrated and says, devil, you can't have 
one more. Uh, devil, you can't. Oh, come on, somebody. Am I the only one that sees the devil start wreaking havoc in people's lives? And, 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 and something rises up in me to hit my knees uh, and begin to pray for people. Uh, amen. I've had people in this church, uh, amen, where the devils wreak havoc in their life. Uh, and, and something, I could have been passive, uh, but something rose up in me. Uh, I was frustrated that the devil was messing with them. Uh, and I got to hit my knees uh, and begin to pray. Uh, there's times where the devil started messing with the church. Uh, and I had to hit my knees uh, and let that aggression out. Uh, and the kingdom of heaven set, had to suffer some violence. Uh, and the violent had to take it by force. There's some folks that you need to let that frustration be converted. Not to make you a quitter, but to make you an aggressive, competitive winner. See, there's some folks that if you beat them at something, they quit. You beat me at something, I'm going to practice. And I'm going to get better. Now, that's just my, might just be me. But there's some other folks in the house of God that if the devil ever whoops you up, don't be a quitter. Come on. My dad always told me, he said, there's, there's something you can never become. He didn't have a lot right, but he had this right. He said, don't be a quitter. Dad ever say that to you? My dad, all the time. That was one of his many quotes. Don't be a quitter. Don't quit when it gets tough, when it gets frustrating. But instead, and I'm not saying this because there's anybody thinking about quitting. Maybe there's nobody, but I'm preaching this to your future. Amen. When the devil starts frustrating you, uh, you need to let it bring forth some aggression that says, I'm going to try harder. Come on, if he's frustrating your worship, I'm going to give God more worship. Uh, if he's frustrating your finances, I'm going to be more aggressive with my finances. If he's frustrating your family, I'm going to be more aggressive uh, in helping my family live for God. If he's, come on, if he's going to fight dirty, I'm going to fight dirty. If he's going to get her up, come on, if he's going to fight tough, I'm going to fight tough. Somebody lift up your hands one more time as we pray. Come on, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you tonight, God. Lord, I thank you. I know it's difficult that the trying of my faith, that it, it can create moments of frustration. But, Lord, I need that frustration to be converted, God, to patience and that patience experience and that experience hope, God. Amen. That I should not despise and we should not despise the trying of our faith. Amen. But it's much more precious than silver or gold that perishes. God, I pray, Lord, thank you tonight. I know it's difficult at times, but thank you for every frustration that ever came into my life because it propelled me. And thank you, Lord, for every bit of frustration that came, that's coming, and that will come, God, into our lives. God, because it's going to help us become what you called us to be. Thank you for every bit of pressure, for its pressure that makes diamonds, God. We give you great praise and glory, and God, we give you the worship here tonight in Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight. Praise God, praise God. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Thank you for being attentive and here on a Wednesday night. Uh, 